This is Crosscut Reports. I'm Sarah Bernard. So it's a new year already, and with it, we're bringing a new approach to this podcast. You'll now be hearing from us every week in conversation with one of the reporters in the Crosscut newsroom. So what does the new year also bring to a newsroom? Uh, Good afternoon. It's good afternoon in the state's capital. A new state legislative session. It just started on January 9th. And who better to kick it off for us than Crosscut state politics reporter Joseph O'Sullivan. Joe's been covering the State House in Olympia for nearly a decade and has a lot of insight into what trends we've seen and what we can expect from a Democratic majority that's already fulfilled a lot of its legislative wish list, but faces an uncertain economy and ongoing challenges in the courts. All right. So, yeah. So I guess just to get started, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself, your name, your title and what you cover for CrossCut? Uh, I'm Joseph O'Sullivan, uh, cover state politics and government uh, down here in Olympia, Washington for CrossCut. This will be my ninth uh, legislative session. And do you prefer Joseph or Joe? I don't know. I don't really care. Either one's fine. Because I, I should have just picked one a long time ago and I just say like whatever. So then everybody just picks one or the other and it's always like <laughs> conflicting, you know? How would you characterize this session in the sort of procession of legislative sessions? I mean, first of all, it's longer. It's a longer session. Every other year, in the odd number of years, we have a 105-day uh, scheduled session. So that's the longer session. And that's when lawmakers uh, sit down to write uh, our state budget. Uh, we're going to be rolling out a budget today. I want to thank the... You know, this is the spending blueprint that uh, funds our schools and uh, prisons and parks, uh, social services, you know, from anything from the mental health system to, to foster care. So it's a really big document. And of course, everybody's always trying to get their priorities funded in there and try to figure out how to spend the money that they have or or if they need to raise more revenue, raise taxes, things like that. And Democrats have been in control, are in control, but but they have slightly larger numbers this year. Is that correct? That's, that's sort of the outcome we saw in the state legislature after the election. Yeah, they picked up um, a Senate seat The House is more or less the same. And and so they've had these more comfortable majorities for a few years now. Um, So Democrats at this point are are starting to get sort of comfortable governing and really pushing bigger priority um, items. Mm -hmm. What have the Democrats been able to accomplish in the last few years when they were in control? The two real big standout ones. um, First of all, capital gains tax. The state of Washington is taking a big step toward a new tax. The capital gains tax passed out of the You know, that was something that that Democrats, you know, for years have sort of assailed Washington's tax system is is regressive, you know, so people with a lower income pay a larger share of their taxes. A huge reason of that is because here in Washington, we're one of the handful of states that doesn't have a personal income tax. Uh, An income tax has been debated for almost a century now in Washington state. It every generation or so, it goes to the ballot and voters shoot it down. And so Democrats have really sort of labored to find other ways to make the tax system more progressive. And so they talked about a capital gains tax for years and years. And finally, uh, it uh, passed. The Washington State Senate just passed a controversial capital gains tax. So Democrats passed capital gains tax uh, in 2021 and uh, and also passed um, a major piece of climate legislation, uh, which was a cap and invest uh, program for carbon emissions. And we are here today to call the Washington state legislature to action to stop climate change. So the idea is to bring down the amount of carbon emissions. And those were two really big things that 
uh, progressives had sought for a long time. Uh, Governor Jay Inslee had pushed for a long time. You know, that and some other things. Uh, they passed a limits on high-capacity uh, firearm ammunition magazines last year. Gun owners are waking up to tighten laws as Washington now joins nine other states banning high-capacity magazines. It's the most consequential piece of firearms legislation that's it's moved through Olympia. So they've done these big things, and it's hard to see if they can do anything comparably big this year. And in fact, this year sort of looks like it might be more of um you know, consolidate your gains. They have to now implement the Washington, uh, the capital gains tax, which is facing a challenge at the Washington State Supreme Court. A judge just overturned the capital gains tax in our state, calling it unconstitutional. Which is going to happen uh, this January. Arguments are scheduled for. And at the same time, lawmakers now, as they go to write a budget, um, you know, they've got to be a little concerned that the economy's a little crazy. You've got low unemployment, but high inflation. You've still got a supply chain and other things getting worked out. And uh, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, which, you know, could cause a recession, which recession happens, then tax revenues go down. And so you don't want to add all this spending that suddenly you're going to have to, you know, cut again right away. Hmm. And so I think Democrats might be sort of fine tuning a lot of things this year. But you mentioned, uh, you know, what sort of big packages they might be looking at. And Governor Inslee did put forth. He's got a plan he wants to send to the voters um, to bond out $4 billion to help with homelessness and, and affordable housing. One big budget item, voters would need to approve $4 billion toward affordable housing. So this would be, if approved by the legislature, it would go before uh, voters in November. And they would choose whether to approve doing these extra bonds and, and to go sort of above and beyond what the state usually does on, on construction budget, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Are there any other um, efforts that you would point to this legislative session that you'll be watching, for example? Um, there's still a lot of debate around firearms measures. Washingtonians demand assertive, effective and protective gun safety laws. And so there will be a proposal this year to ban the sale of most uh, semi-automatic rifles. These are weapons of war. There is no legitimate reason for them in our society. It's, it's a bill that comes up. It's been around for years, and it's never advanced very far. Uh, this year, Inslee is requesting the legislation along with State Attorney General Bob Ferguson. I do feel that there's just a momentum that's been growing with the people of the state unfortunately in large part due to news that you read literally every day about mass shootings. And Ferguson's requested it in the past, um, uh, it, but it remains to be seen whether, whether Democrats are serious about doing that. And this is a common sense measure to protect our people. There's a few other proposals this year too. There's another one to hold gun manufacturers potentially liable for uh, violence. So a person could actually bring a lawsuit against a gun manufacturer. A bill that would allow the firearms industry to face consequences for irresponsible practices. And uh, there's another one also to make a permitting system. So you would actually have to get a permit that would allow you to then buy a firearm. So then uh, these checks would be done before you're even going to, to purchase a gun. You need to get a license to drive a car in the state of Washington. You need to get a license to go fishing. It's time that you get a license to make sure that you have safety training to purchase a gun in the state of Washington. And it's also hoped, you know, that if they do that, that may help them uh, implement another law that we reported on recently that 
it was a voter-approved initiative that spelled out that the state should do annual background checks on existing owners of semi-automatic rifles and pistols to make sure they're still legally uh, allowed to have the weapons. Now, that's sort of logistically tricky, and the state hasn't implemented it because it's very difficult to figure out how to do and do correctly. Um, So if they can do this uh, permit-to-purchase bill, that may be another avenue to then check back in and do those annual rechecks. But again, you know, that one's what they would call a heavy lift down here in Olympia. You know, it's just getting proposed this year. Uh, that's sort of big ticket legislation, and sometimes it it takes some years to for lawmakers to iron the kinks out of things or to get everybody on board and and feeling comfortable about it. This proposed ban on semi-automatic rifles. I mean, this would be a pretty big deal. I mean, I was looking it up, and it seems like there are only really a handful of states in the nation that have that kind of a ban in place, right? Only a handful of states. um, And you have now a a United States Supreme Court that's moving further to the right, including on firearms legislation. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas saying essentially that the American people have a right to bear arms. And in Washington state, we have a unique uh, thing where our constitutional protections in the state constitution for firearms are actually more strict than the United States Constitution's Second Amendment. And, mm. um, you know, that when we, when we talk about the Second Amendment, it's always like a well-regulated militia. But mm-hmm. Washington's provisions actually um, enshrine the individual person as having the right to have a firearm. So mm. you're sure to see a, a court challenge in both state and federal court if this became law. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to ask about, I mean, it seems like, if Democrats are in power, they're feeling a little more comfortable. Um, you know, theoretically, there would be enough votes, you think, to to pass this, but then it would most likely get caught up in the courts kind of immediately. It would get caught up in the courts immediately. I mean, um, firearms rights groups have really focused on the courts as sort of the way to, to stop uh, laws they don't like. The Second Amendment Foundation, an organization based in Bellevue, released a statement today that says gun owners will argue that no other constitutionally protected right requires a permission slip from the police for citizens to exercise it. The question about the Democratic votes is interesting because you know, that gets into, number one, do they have the votes? And then number two, does does the leadership feel like, using the sort of the political clout, you can only do so many big things in a year, is it worth doing it on this one? So, you know, this is an example of a bill that it's been around many years. It might have gotten a public hearing in recent years. It's never gotten, a, I don't think, a committee vote, and it's never gotten a floor vote on the House or Senate, because they won't even bring it to the floor for vote if they know it's not moving forward. But I think, I, you know, I've been enough of these sessions now where there was a point where you just thought, well, the capital gains tax, that's never moving forward. And 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 the, the, the cap and trade, the carbon program, I mean, that, that came out sort of at the last minute of one of these sessions. And you just looked at them and you're like, I'm not, you know, I don't know that they can do that. You know, they've talked about these things forever sometimes. And it's always a lot of really difficult things. Uh, same thing with the high-capacity magazine ban. I mean, that was another, that passed last year. That was sitting around forever. You know, so those are some examples of some big things that sort of moved forward. And, like, nobody was really sure. Uh, so, you know, who knows? There's, there's one other big issue, and I, I forgot to bring it up when it, when it comes to the legislature. 
there is the state Supreme Court decision from last year that um, struck down Washington's felony possession drug law. Tonight we're learning hundreds of thousands of drug convictions in this state may be thrown out. In that the state Supreme Court basically invalidated more than a quarter million criminal cases going all the way back to the 70s. And it basically made drug possession sort of legal for a moment there. And, and of course, this comes as, as lawmakers and society more broadly is sort of reckoning with this war on drugs, which hurt a lot of people. Now, this court decision happened last year. And so in response, lawmakers passed this short-term solution. And they made drug possession a misdemeanor crime. Um, but the first two times, you should be referred to voluntary drug treatment. And then if it happens the third time, you get perhaps a criminal penalty. Uh, and they wrote that knowing that it was a, not a perfect solution. And so that law actually ends on July 1st. Drugs will technically, drug, there will be no drug possession statute again. So lawmakers this legislative session have to figure out how do we write the drug laws uh, in a way that sort of satisfies all those things. How do you get people treatment? How do you make sure they get it? Uh, is it worth a criminal penalty? All right. So I think, yeah, this legislative session, we're looking at uh, guns, <laughs> drugs, and housing, it sounds like. I guess those are some three three big... Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, it's the budget. So guns, drugs, money, and housing. You can just... <laughs> all, all the big things. <laughs> right. And money, of course. I think this session could come up with some surprises later on. So I think it's worth uh, watching and, and seeing what pops up uh, in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening to Crosscut Reports. This episode was reported by Joseph O'Sullivan and produced by me, Sarah Bernard. Our story editor and executive producer is Mark Baumgarten. You can subscribe to Crosscut Reports wherever you listen. And whatever platform you're listening on, please review us. We'd love to know what you think of the show. Also, if you'd like to support the work we do at Crosscut, whether it's our lineup of podcasts, the live events we host every month, or the in-depth reporting we deliver every day, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to the on-demand programming of Seattle's PBS station, KCTS 9. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. Crosscut Reports is a product of Cascade Public Media. I'm Sarah Bernard. We'll be back soon with another episode.